on Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil, pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Welcome to Monday's Experts. Naturally, on a Monday here on Sky Sports Radio, one of my favourite segments because it's an opportunity, as I always say, to find out a bit of the story behind the name. Now, this week, in fact, tomorrow, uh, of course, it is Monday and it is the date. It's the 12th of Feb, tomorrow morning, the 13th of Feb. So if you're listening to this live, you'll be able to tune in tomorrow morning to Racing HQ live from Lismore ahead of the first leg of the country championships of course as we head towards Royal Ramwick if you're listening via podcast well I'm doing a tour around New South Wales to be popping up at various towns that are hosting these events and I thought what a great opportunity for us to chat with a gentleman we'll chat to him tomorrow as well about uh, the uh, the Saturday ahead but Daniel Bowen of course is a trainer from the Lismore area and we always see his colours and horses doing very well in the Northern Rivers and he joins us now to chat about his life. G'day Daniel. Morning, Dave. I thought, what an opportunity, mate, to have a yarn and a bit of a gas bag with you, mate, because I reckon you got some good yarns. Do you like spinning a yarn? Oh, well, it all depends how deep we're going to dig. Yeah, well, <laughs> well let's, let's, let's go for a little dig. So how, where did you grow up, first of all? Did you grow up around the area? Oh, well, I was born in Sydney. I was born at Westmead, and my father, he, at the time, he was uh, used to ride work at Rose Hill. He was a former apprentice, and... He's had his whole career down there, and uh, I grew up mainly in Ballina, uh, where he trained here for a long time. And then when I was about 12, we moved to Gosford, and we had a small team there. And, um, he sort of, um, you know, I, I helped him in the mornings, and then I used to go and help other trainers, like uh, Angie Davies and a partner, ex-partner Darby. They were like, uh, you know, second mothers and father to me. Yep. So that's where I, I was at Gosford for a while. And uh, then we moved up here back to Ballina and sort of, he sort of set it up to help me get into the game of that. But I've been sort of, work, I was working with him probably full time since I was 12. So a very young age. Yeah. Uh, what, what What did you, was it the fact that you actually liked the animal or you were just thrown into it because the family was involved? I lo- obviously loved them because I was around them my whole life, you know, yeah. so he was, you know, when your father's a trainer, you sort of idolise him and then you sort of, that becomes what I wanted to do from a young age. So, I mean, you sort of try to learn as much as you can and I'm, I'm a bit of a, a researcher and a bit of a learner. So I sort of try to, over the years, I've tried to learn as much as I can from different different trainers and sort of put it all together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What's the best thing about the animal? Oh, they're good therapy, Dave. At the end of the day, they're, they're a good friend and it's like anything. It's like a, having a pet dog. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad your day is or good your day is, they're always the same, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's uh, it's good to be around the animal on a daily basis. Dan, tell us about uh, training at Lismore because obviously from a natural disaster point of view, we know the story there. We know that uh, you've, you've had, especially in the last couple of years, it's been pretty tough with COVID and floods and whatnot. But w- let's let's talk about the town itself and the area. What's the best thing about being in the area that you're in? Uh, it's quiet for me. I like being, it's, it's, it's a bit private. It's private, really. There's only a couple other trainers and, you know, I've, I've been around everywhere and, I sort of it suits me and my personality. 
the track itself and, and being not as hustle bustle. I mean, it has had its challenges being here, you know, like I started when my father passed away and we sort of, uh, you know, you can sort of, I, I started with nothing. So, I mean, we, we built up and, I mean, it has had its challenges with its flood, you know. So I think in the third or fourth year, I, I run second to Matt Dunn and, and I only had like 10 horses in work and then you'll have a flood and then that puts you, puts you behind and you sort of got to build again. So it's been a lot of stop-start. But again, since the last flood, we sort of we've re- regrouped and recovered, and we're sort of building into into sort of nearly as you know. I don't have the numbers that I once had. I've got about ten in work, but I mean, we're sort of getting results as good as anyone. So you know, it's all about the, having the caliber of horse and the opportunity. So you know, we can keep getting the results we've been getting. You know, hopefully, it's an upward trajectory. We're chatting with Dan Bowen this morning, of course, uh, from uh, the Lismore Air Trains in Lismore. And I wanted to touch on that, how you did start from the thing. So obviously, you know, very close with the old man. Something like that happens. It doesn't matter if it's yourself or anyone listening to this. Uh, it's a shock to the system. When you had to start from nothing, was it uh, a driving force of everything that happened with him behind you? Or was it just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's what we're always, you know what I learned off him is always that sort of moulded me into sort of a survivor, you know, like we, we sort of, uh, you know, his last 10 years of training, we, when we came back to Ballina, we, I sort of cut my teeth on, he used to, bought, we used to go to the tried horse sales and always looking for a bargain. And he taught me how to, you know, go through the form and find something that's still got something left in it. And you just got to sort of, you got to try and get them going again. It was all, it was all about value because we didn't have much money and we built up to to the success that he did have. But I mean, um, it just it, it just all these little things helped on the way to 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 uh, to sort of keep surviving. And you know, as at the end of the day, I always wanted to be a trainer, but you know, always wanted to be good as well. So I mean, I've had to sort of learn on the way. Well, not on the way. I learned over the period of my life and career, but I mean, you sort of you take the knocks, and you've got to keep keep trying to come up with the results and and be stoic and and keep pressing on. So that that was my mo type of thing. Have you come close to giving it away? Oh no, not really, not really. I mean, you sort of. I haven't been since I've been training. I sort of I've been pretty successful, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you have your. You feel like that sometimes, especially with the floods and and all that, because they're put you on on your backside because all, you lose all your momentum and things like that. And especially with a small stable in the country, if you haven't got the conveyor belt of horses coming through and the quality, I mean, you can have a, a good run for say six or twelve months, and and sort of them horses that you've 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 uh, prepared and 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 developed can sort of hit a hit a rating or finished or they can't win anymore and then you sort of got to wait for the next system of horses to come through so it can be a little bit stop startish but just been lucky that i've been successful enough that i haven't had to do or think like that but yeah. like i said sometimes you with the floods they've been pretty pretty catastrophic well you feel sometimes that you, you you'd want to but i mean you sort of it's sort of just in me to keep going so yeah. We're chatting with Dan Bowen this morning on Monday's Experts. Dan, when I say the name Indigo Jade, what does that remind you of? Oh, well, that was my first winner. It was a, that was a pretty special day. 
then you say a horse, very fair horse, ordinarily bred. My dad had won a race with him in Ipswich before he passed away. And then when I was taken over, I think I ran a heap of placings in the first couple of months. And, and you know, like I said, we had a lot of, we had ordinary horses and we are doing the best with what we had. And then Bobby Alyssa rode it. Anyway, he, I sat down before the race and he come out to Bobster and he said, oh, have you had a winner yet? And I said, no. I said, we've drawn bad here. And he slapped me on the leg and he said, we'll get him, he said. And he, anyway, he ended up full from the fence after he went 200 metres. Wow. Bobby, outside gate, and we got the money. So that was a pretty special day and like anyone's first winner, but it's something I'll never forget. What about Quizmaster? Uh, yeah, he was a much good, but he—he he, he, like I said, when 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 I took over from my father yep. at the time, that was the quality of horses we had. So we had to sort of squeeze what we could out of them, and to you know survive and just get winners and try and build up. And and he was he was one of the early ones, probably not one of the best ones, but yeah, no, he was a winner for me. Is now Queen of Kingston? Would that be one of the best horses you've ever had? Yeah, definitely. She was a she was a peculiar horse. She she had a few little issues early on, and had a at the races the temperament wasn't really good, and I had to I had to strap her myself before the race. You had to keep walking her. She used to try and jack up going out on the track, so you had to lead the the horse out and leg the jockey on. And she was a little bit of a character, but she she had a lot of ability and. She's a bit unlucky. She runs. She made it to the country championships. She ran second in the heat, and then in the final, we got down there. And she drew the outside, and she missed the start. Got behind the slow one, was last on the turn, and flew flew home and run fourth. So I think it was Noble Boy, Hugh Bowman rode. Yep. She was a bit unlucky that day, but she won a lot of races for us, and she was probably natural ability. Yeah, she was probably the best horse. Thus far. We're chatting with uh, Dan Bowen. I like how you said thus far because it seems like you've got some nice young horses that um, have, are coming through the system at the moment. Yeah. Well, the two, the two is, is one is the, the mare that's in the main race on Saturday, Tectonic Plate. Um, she's, she's an improving horse. You know, she's won for this prep. Um, it's unusual. Right? She, she's, She's kept improving again, probably before her, the second last win at Ballon, and I noted that she'd improved again. Um, and she's won the last two pretty good. I mean, we're sort of, look, we're hopeful on Saturday, but, I mean, we still, I'm I'm a real realist, and, I mean, we've got to take on, you know, Dunn's stable, which, you know, it's all well and good to say, oh, look, we'll come out there and we'll give him a shake and we'll smash him, but, I mean... You've got to be real. He's got pretty good horses, so you know we're we're trying our best, and it's more or less like a the David versus Goliath Goliath episode for me. <laughs> you know we're we're doing our best, but we we've we've got to be at our best. So you know we're fingers crossed. Dan, tell us about Tectonic Plate because. Uh, she's a mare by Sapedo, and it seems like you sort of, you know, uh, with those people that purchased these early Sapedos, they got in early, and and they've got some talent. Uh, she was what eleven thousand from um, from a sale in twenty twenty one. I see. Yeah, we got a we got a from her and the stablemate Discretions, which is our other up and comer from the same sale, and 
ironically, her she's out of the mare by shocking, anyhow, and the, the the sister to the mother was the mother of the, I think surprise baby that ran second in the Melbourne Cup. Yep. But ironically, the her second dam is a mare called Miss Tesla. Now she started a career in this area, and then she went to Lee Friedman's and won a stack of Group Twos. It was a pretty decent horse. But um, I mean, being by Sir Peter, you're thinking one hand, you're thinking is it a sprinter on the female side? She gets over a bit of ground. But I mean, we we'll just play the cards as, as, as she's presenting at the moment. But I mean. Uh, she, look, she, she's an improver, and we're pretty happy how she's going at the moment. Tell us about training at Lismore. Uh, obviously, you mentioned how it's it's quite private there, and you know, in in terms of the facilities, obviously, we know what you've been through uh, with with the flood, etc. But um, it seems like you know you've got a good surface to work your horses on, and in terms of travelling them as well, uh, travelling them, you know, you're, you're in a good location if you need to go here, there, here, and there. I don't want to say how good it is, otherwise I'll spoil it and everyone will want to come here. But no, look, it's, uh, look, with the money that the club's been given, and because it's a flood place, they don't get many uh, uh, grants. And I mean, look, our sand track's as good as it can be. Uh, the key to the place is I've got two grass tracks, so I mean, I can, I can gallop them whatever day I feel that they need to be galloped, not what I'm dictated to, which is a big thing for me because I'm not conventional like the old Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday routine. So, I mean, you know, it sort of suits me. And and, and when you've got two grass tracks to use, I mean, it's, 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 it's handy to have. Certainly is. Mate, tell us about the future in terms of acquiring new horses. Um, obviously, you know, we've just been up at the Magic Millions. We're talking about sales at the moment at Classic. But you're finding yourself at a, a lower price point, but you're still having good success, which is, you know, proof in the pudding. So what are you looking for with young horses? Any all, it's always about confirmation. You know, like, I, I look at horses, I don't generally look, from what I've been taught and how I've evolved, I, I don't look straight at the catalogue. I'll go on, online and I'll look at the photo first and then the video and then I'll look at the pedigree. That's That's my my ethos and that's the way I go about it so I mean that's how I find them and with the owners and I mean it all depends what the owner wants to spend I mean a lot of the time you're delving into when you don't have the big dollars I mean it's hard to really pick the eyes out of the yearling sales so you sort of got to have the right amount of money to spend and and have the luck at the same time but I mean we, we buy a mix of, of tried horses and young ones so I mean it's you sort of—it it all depends on what the owner is prepared to, to spend and which way and which route you want to take. So, I mean, you, you just got to be, like I said, at the end of the day in this game, it's all up—it's all about the owner and 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 what they want. And I mean, I'm happy to 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 find them the best horse we can for the budget. And your owners, let's talk about your owners because you've got some loyal owners that have retained in the stable for many, many years, but also you've got new owners coming through from the area. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it can be a slow slow thing because a lot of when you start out, a lot of existing owners have their existing trainers, so I mean, it's hard to sort of you're not going along and you're not A, you're not trying to pinch them and B, you respect other owners for being loyal to their clients as well, so I mean, Steve, my main owner, Stephen and Karen Butcher, they had horses with my father. 
and, you know, we've had great success. Um, I'd nearly believe he, he would be, if they'd done a stat, he'd probably have as many winners as any own, country owner in New South Wales in the last six or seven years. That'd be a, a thing to do a story on. But, um, you know, we've been, we've been quite, a, quite successful. You know, he's been a bit like a second, since my father died, he's been like a second father to me. So, you know, I respect him and we're, we're close in that situation. So it's, it's always good to, for us to continue with the success that we've, we've built on. It certainly is, mate. Um, what about your, uh, your biggest thrill at a racetrack? What, what would it be? The, the, the one moment, and it can be either in your own right or when you are obviously had your old man around, what's the, the one moment that still gives you, you know, just the hairs on the back of your uh, neck to stand up? They, they can be all different because there can be different scenarios going on in your life at the time. I mean, um, you know, it could be town winners when I had Queenie Kingston, I won a couple of cups in a row here. Beef wheat cups, they were pretty good. Uh, just even recently, like the we got a double Lismore Cup day. I think you you interviewed me before it. And, yeah. I mean, you gave me maybe you gave me luck that day. So hopefully, you give me luck for Saturday. But <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty poignant moment in my life at the time. I and mean, when we come back from from uh, the flood and, and had a few personal struggles going on at the time, to pull off two double-figure winners on Cup Day and one feature one, especially for Steve, that was pretty special. Mm. But, I mean, you know, I've had a lot of doubles and trebles and things like that. But, I mean, they, a lot, probably with me old man, he had a great horse called Instructed. He won a few in Brisbane. He was a pretty, really good horse, very unsound. But he... He, he won a few good races in Brisbane. I mean, they're all good winners for me, but, I mean, I always have the, the motto that I, I'm always looking for my next winner, you know. I sort of I, – I love the result, but I sort of move on and, 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 and I am always planning the next one. So that's my sort of uh, – that's how I go about it. Toughest day of the races? Oh, well, there's been a few of those. Probably when I when I lost Queenie Kingston in Brisbane at Eagle Farms. Yep, if she broke down up there. That that was pretty tough. But uh, yeah, that, that, you sort of doesn't matter if it's happened in the past or whatever. But because she, she was such a special horse to me and and the owners and family, that that was a tough day. I must say that. Chatting with uh, Dan Bowen this morning, and we've covered a, a, a bit of territory here, Dan. Um, what do you think are some of the big challenges facing country racing? Well, it, uh, there's a lot. I mean, I, I can be pretty vocal sometimes, but I mean that that's sort of uh, there's a there's a lot of politics that go into it. I mean, look, racing New South Wales under land is it's the best thing that ever happened because there's never been so much money in the game but the rea- reality is the cost the cost of everything to run a small business is is uh is very hard for a country trainer so i mean you, you, you sort of it's getting harder and harder every year and 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 that that's where the the, the problem lies so i mean it, it's just the cost of running your business i mean you, you can't beat the prize money but I mean, the prize money is that good that the competition's so great, and, and people are coming from <laughs> metropolitan, provincial areas to race against us in the bush. It, it, it can get quite trying at times. 
But, I mean, yeah, look, they're only playing the system how it is. I mean, the prize money's that good. Years ago, when I grew up, you never seen them come to the bush because the prize money was inferior. Mm. But uh, that, that's just the way it plays out now. But we just, we've just we just got to keep chipping away and doing the best we can. And my father always used to have good, useful nuggets of wisdom. And one thing he did say to me was, uh, he said, son, one will make you, ten will break you. So you just need that one good horse to give you that good push and and, and, and sort of put you on the map and, and, and sort of make it for you, you know. So that, that, that's, that's, the, that's my hope all the time. So hopefully... One day soon that comes along. I hope it does for you too, mate. We're going to chat with you tomorrow live there in Lismore and talk about these horses more in depth and, and the, the horses you've got nommed for the weekend. Before I let you go, I always ask my uh, guests this one question. If you were standing in front of an 18-year-old Dan Bowen, what advice would you give him? Shut your mouth and listen. I like it. <laughs> I like yeah. it, mate. <laughs> But listen more, which uh, you know, I think I think I did. But I mean, you, you your ears are better than your mouth, so yeah. See you tomorrow, mate, and good luck. And thanks for talking a little bit about your life, mate, and uh, obviously why you're uh, why you're doing what you're doing. Not a problem. Good to talk.